short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by two fantastic co-hosts. Laura Nash. Nate Heininger. And this week we are talking about Dredge, the uh, fishing game, question mark, from Black Salt Games. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i really glad that we we picked this game up. I, I don't think you have to go very far in any sort of indie game coverage right now to to see some some discourse around dredge and uh i've always loved fishing mechanics in games it's like any any self-respecting game has has a fishing mini game at least in it you know <laughs> any self-respecting game it's like <laughs> how i feel like any self-respecting sitcom has a musical episode i think any self-respecting video game has a fishing element to it so there's any a part fish- of this in Psychonauts 2, the documentary, where at some point there was a fishing game in Psychonauts 2, and then they're like, why is there a fishing game? Like, why did we do this? <laughs> because it's like, good. It's they're fun. Like, they're like, why is Raz fishing? <laughs> why isn't Raz fishing? It's one of the question. best parts of the documentary where they're talking about game bloat. They're like, Raz is fishing at some point. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, the question with most games isn't, why doesn't this have a fishing mechanic? It's why did you cut the fishing mechanic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I have a, uh, I have an affinity, I think like a lot of people for, for fishing games and fishing mechanics. And, uh, and I'm not a huge horror fan. We've, we cover the games for the shows or we cover games like that for the show. We, sometimes we try to line it up with Halloween, but here we are. We're terrible uh, at it. <laughs> yeah. Once again, once again, we're two months ahead of time for a, for a horror two, game, but of course, I guess two months. Yeah. End yeah, of October. Right. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's big in the discourse. So, uh, horror interesting. I think horror and the sea is an obvious combination right like the 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 ocean is inherently scary so when you hear about like oh it's a fishing game that has a horror element to it like that seems like a perfect combination so i was really intrigued to to get a chance to play this game yeah it was a really intriguing combination and a, a lot of folks from our discord uh chimed in to tell us that they had played this or wanted us to play it or you know suggested this game to us uh, so many thanks to everyone who suggested yes. it. I, we've all had sort of slightly different responses to it. Um, so this is going to be, a, I'd say, probably a little bit of a mixed episode as these things go for us. Um, but it was uh, it's definitely an interesting play. And I'm glad we got a chance to check it out because it was so, it was every, we're a, a little behind the the wave on this one, but a lot mm-hmm. of people were talking about this the last you know, the couple of weeks after, yes, a couple of weeks after it came out. So um, I'm glad to sort of see what the fuss was about. Yeah, and and on that part of the reason why we're a little bit behind the 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 wave, not just because our show, you know, it, we have our own scheduling and our own scheduling complications, but this is a slightly longer game than we than we cover a lot of times on the show. Open world, and yeah. And if you, I, I did beat it, um, and I I've spent a fair amount of time on this. I'm horrible at keeping track of my own game times. Every mm-hmm. game that I play on Steam ends up saying like eighty nine hours because I just like. I just leave it. While Pause and wander it. off. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, I every you time you have I, children. I, well, yeah, it's a, that would be an easy uh, uh, combat. It's not that. Oh. <laughs> I just I just have a bad ha- bunch of bad habits, and every time I'm like, this is the game that I'm gonna really try to keep track of my hours. But I did not again. But I, I probably spent ten to fourteen hours. It's kind of hard for me to tell. Like 
I, but I really tried to play through this game. Um, I think I probably enjoyed it the most of this group, although I, I have some, you know, I think there's some interesting things to talk about where the game didn't perfectly click for me, but um, I, I really wanted to beat it and play it all the way through. And, and I did, but part of the reason I think it took us a while to, to get this episode together is just that that is longer yeah. for us. This one's almost hard to cover because there's so many different bits and elements. It's a pretty crunchy fishing yeah. game. There's a lot of <laughs> mechanics. Um, the To steal a phrase from the press kit, there is a sinister undercurrent that we could be talking about for a while. <laughs> Lots of fishing puns in the, the press materials. But <laughs> it, it's... It is atmospheric, but also it's like, what if there's a cozy fishing sim, but then Cthulhu environment type things like it's 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 Lovecraftian. It's it's mm-hmm. it's got a lot of things in the mix, um, which um, I normally try to make a little outline for myself. And it's one of the most chaotic notes. It's like message in a bottle, puzzle fishing inventory. <laughs> collector question mark this these notes make no sense so we'll do our best dear listeners but it's a bit of a complicated game in a funny way to me and nate mentioned a little bit that this was a a bit mixed for us just cards on the table since nate said how long he played it um i bounced off this game pretty early like i um i played for about two hours and by that point i was pretty sure i wasn't into it but i kept going i played a total of about four hours um And that's sort of where I decided to drop this game. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about how we sort of had different experiences with it. We're also probably going to talk about some spoiler stuff towards the end, which I'm not spoiled on. I don't know much about the ending. Um, I probably probably won't go and dive into it. But, you know, Nate and Laura have both played more than me. um, So I'm eager to hear maybe what I missed and see if maybe that would have made me feel differently about it. Um, So that's kind of where I'm coming from with this one. Yeah, Nate took more of the completionist... uh role in this one where I was going for like completing the story so I could talk about it. So um, I think I took the quote unquote faster path on this one um, quite longer, like, but I'm definitely in the middle on, on length and investment. Whereas Nate, how long the beat says nine hours on this, which I think is Mm -hmm. undercutting it that they very often, the numbers there are very often like lower than I would usually expect. Um, But yeah, probably expect this to be a minimum of a 10 hour game for almost any play style. Yeah. Lori, you were talking about the the complexity of the game and just the the, the variety of elements. And I, I do think that's something that is sort of a, a mark in favor of this game, but it is an interesting element because this game is like, uh, to use another bit of ocean pun, it's like a mile wide, but like an inch deep, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. There's a ton of stuff in this game. But has the UI of like a 60 hour game and I don't play many of those. (laughs) And so I was like a little babe in the woods, like, oh, no, there's a lot of buttons on the screen. Yeah, but nothing is ever that particularly involved, you know, like you can ignore most of it. Yeah. And like Reagan, your your four hours experience there is not a significant change between the first four hours of the game and the last five hours of the game or so yeah. it, 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 it does get to some degree more complicated, but for the most part, the gameplay loop is, is pretty static. And so I think you'll know if you, if you're, if you haven't checked this game out and the, and you're trying to play along with the show or, or like, you're not sure how much farther you want to go into the episode. Like I think it's worth trying. And I think you'll know pretty quick, 
whether you enjoy this game or not. Um, that said, for me, uh, I didn't really enjoy it until I got the engine upgrades, which I highly recommend. So, yeah, that was uh, a good tip that you offered me, by the way, Nate. That that did help. Uh, it I, it didn't like it didn't totally the change the experience so for me. But God, the boat is so slow it's at so the beginning slow. of the game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so. There slow. were some. This is a very atmospheric game, but the boat goes real slow. So I will confess, I listened to some podcasts while fishing, <laughs> which completely destroys the atmosphere. Yeah, I, um, I, so I turned them off out of guilt. So far from what they want you to be doing while this. Yeah, this I, game I stopped because I was like, "This is Laura, bad for the, the listeners." I so, did the same though. Once I got like, when you get really like, you're doing a lot of fishing, and we'll talk about the mechanics of it later. But like despite this game being a horror game it's not very it's not very scary for the vast majority of it so like you are just sort of tootling around in this in this world <laughs> uh, look looking for fish you know and then something scary kind of happens maybe depending on how you're managing yourself and you have to get back to the dock uh so i found myself um having some external uh you know stimulation going. yeah stimulation <laughs> as well which i would actually say is like that's what I would expect from a fishing game, right? Like there mm -hmm. are certain games yeah. that you that are are more geared towards that. We've talked about like one of my favorite things, one of my ways of relaxing is playing a, a a game and listening to a podcast. Like there are certain games for me where that that is like a perfect balance that I that I really really enjoy. And this game dipped into that from time to time, but it was not perfect for it. So I didn't pausing my podcast and doing the engaging thing. Anyway, point being like you do, it, it is not, it's not fully stimulating all the time. And I, I'm not surprised that you uh, were, were at least trying to listen to headphones and other stuff while you're playing. Let's talk um, about so the mechanics here, because I feel like it's, it's important to understand like, what does it mean to fish in this game and what else are you doing? Cause fishing is so simple that it's like, yeah, it, it, it you know, there, there needs to be more to it. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll just real quick. Ahead, have y'all played actual like fishing sims like Bassmaster or mm -hmm. any of the, like the, the complicated ones with the rod? It's, it's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. I played the one on Dreamcast, uh, Sega Bass Fishing mm -hmm. and, um, it's been a long time since I played it, but um, uh, weird timing. They, they had that for free. Like there was some kind of thing where if you signed up for Sega's mailing list, they would send you a steam code for Sega bass fishing recently. And I just got it and it's sitting there on my steam deck. And I'm like, nice. I was like trying to, you know, sitting down to play dredge. I was like, well, I could play dredge or I could play Sega bass fishing, but I did <laughs> not, I've not booted it up yet. Uh, so this is not that it's not a first person no. uh, fancy which lure you get to use type experience. That's not what this is. No, no, the, the game has a pretty consistent gameplay loop. So you start out, uh, you know, it has this horror theme, uh, theming around the whole thing. So you start out as this man who has like, who's crashed, crashed a ship against a, a, a rocky outcropping of a small town called a greater Mar yeah, greater marrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a pretty good name for a spooky town, Marrow as a as a town. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and right across the the bay is Little Marrow, uh, and you you meet the town mayor, and pretty quickly you're given a boat. You're also given some debt to the city, which I thought was a funny mechanic. Taxes. I don't, yeah, I I thought they would <laughs> play like more with it. But spooky Tom Nook. <laughs> I, I think it was to really force you 
to stay in the starting area is the only reason I can think of why they did the the like you have to pay your taxes because that never comes back. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a spoiler, but it never comes back. But you you are you're bound to this town where you are expected to go out and fish and when you return with your fish and sell them and in this small town there's a there's a couple things there's a you know the fishmonger who you can sell your your fish to there's a ship right where you can upgrade your ship and then there's a dry dock or the fish right sorry the ship right can upgrade stuff like your lures or your reels and your nets and your fishing equipment and your engines and then there's the uh, dry dock that actually upgrades like the full structure of your boat, making your boat bigger and whatnot. Uh, and you also start to understand that maybe things are not as they seem around here. There's a spooky uh, lighthouse lady who, you know, has all sorts of um, spooky things to say. And you're warned constantly, do not be out at night. Don't go out in the water at night because bad things happen when you're out at night. And so uh, you're in a fully 3D world driving your little boat. You never get out of your boat. You are 100% the entire game. You are a boat. You don't you even are, you are the boat. <laughs> you are a boat. You you do see your player character through like little you know like little not cut scenes but like you know dialogue scenes where like one half is you and the other half is the person you're talking to. But for all intents and purposes during this game you play as a boat. And uh, that's the true horror. You <laughs> yeah, become right. a boat. <laughs> and so you have access to you're in this small little cove and the cove is is surrounded by rocks and other things that you can run into, which I did a million fucking times. So and uh, you see these little um, like little pools, little things of little jumping fish, little bubbles. And depending on the type of fish, they might look a little bit different, but it's pretty obvious when you see it. And uh you toodle your little boat over top of it and you enter into the fishing mini game, which Reagan, this is where I was surprised that you didn't like the fishing as much because to me, this was golf game mechanics. Like, you know, I see what you mean. Yeah. It definitely has that like, like swing meter of like a golf game. Yeah. I don't know, man, for me, the golf game is about like what doing that thing and then watching it fly, not doing that thing and then playing the resident evil inventory mechanic puzzle to slot your fish into a, (laughs) Oh, I was thinking of it like professor Layton, like the suitcase games. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's, 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 this is like, it it reads as resident evil suitcase to me. Like it's, uh, Mm -hmm. put your, your, uh, your bullets next to your gun and see if you can slot them together. So you have enough space for your, you know, flares or whatever. Yeah. So it's just like so you, in real fish, you just throw it in an ice chest and they all stack on top of each other. So yeah, it's like it's just, it's not full or it's not. There's not um but yeah, fish, so, are, so. fish historically very concretely shaped and not floppy <laughs> or flexible at all. The horror of cuboid fish. It's really a, yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, other horrors going on in this game just from the from the game design. But um, but yeah, so you it, what's interesting, like the the fishing mechanic though, you don't actually even have to participate in it if you don't want to. So you are you you have a a you you drop your line and you see a little silhouette of what type of fish is gonna be in here. And on the left hand side, you see like a little cartoon fish being reeled in. And you have some version of that like swing meter uh, game where like, you know, it might be a full circle and there's a white dash going around the circle and there are green spots in the circle. And if you hit X, when the dash lines up with the green spot, you reel in faster. 
And if you mm-hmm. fail, you you um, like the fish drops down a little bit more. And so all you're doing with these little mini games is catching fish faster. You could actually, if you wanted to, just not do it at all. And you will reel in that fish. But it obviously is considerably slower. So you are encouraged to participate in the in the fishing mini game. And the reason you're encouraged to to do that is that you it behooves you to catch fish as fast as possible so that you can bring them in and get back to a safe place before night falls. And that is there's a lot of little parts of this that we're going to like talk about as as the game opens up and expands. But the core of this game is taking your little boat out, finding a fish spot or a dredge spot. We'll talk about catching as many fish as you can or trying to catch a very specific type of fish and then bringing it back to the town in order to sell it, to repair your boat, to fix up your boat and to in, 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 in improve your boat. Like the, the majority of the gameplay of this game is a uh, upgrade your boat so that you can continue to upgrade your boat sort of thing. And mm-hmm. personally, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I enjoy looking for the different fish and uh, upgrading the boat, you know, getting like, oh, this this engine is, uh, you know, 10 knots per second faster than that other one. Like, I want that. I want to get that. I want to be able to reel in faster. I want to get more cargo space. Like, I, I enjoyed the 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 uh, like that core gameplay of the game. Laura, wh- what did you think of it? I was somewhere in between where I really, I mean, this is a a nice repetitive action that's like enough challenging that you're like you need to engage you need to like think a little bit to do it like that's a really sweet spot um i think i was really happy with fishing for like four to five hours and then i was like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) like let me buy some crab pots i need some which are ways to get fish without the mini game um i was like i i need to keep making money but i also need to like it's like, oh no, I'm the furthest along in the game. I need to finish this game. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I need to move it. Uh, the boat's going too slow, and the fish are like a little slow. So, I, I'm saying this because I do think that the impatience probably colored the perception of the game. I then took a break for a couple of days. Um, thank you, Labor Day, and then played and was like, okay, no, I just needed to chill. Like, I, you don't. Mm-hmm. I, I had to fish for money before, and it was a job in the game like i was treating it like a job when i made it more like a passive thing i was doing in addition to the rest of the game it was a much better thing um i think the game is at times you need a lot of money or you need a lot of fish or you need Mm -hmm. a specific fish and those were the times i got frustrated with the fishing mechanic when i needed to fish um when fishing was just a thing that i was able to do as part of the game um it was fine. I think yeah. I burned myself out on fishing. Um, and there are games that that mechanic that happens, like, um, there's just not anything else you can do really yeah. other than fish. So it's not it, like it, I could yeah. go mine or, <laughs> or chop down trees. Like fishing was the only thing I could do. Yeah. Um, and so just if, if you find it and you like it, just know like, max minning this game is not fun yeah i think my 
my response here is kind of also linked to the upgrades because a lot of the reason that you're doing so much fishing and also dredging, which we'll talk about in a second, I guess, but it's really basically the same as fishing. You're, you know, it's a very similar mechanic and <clears throat> you're, you know, you're just using the same kind of mechanic to go out and haul up um, junk from wrecked ships, mm -hmm. which you then bring back and, you know, use as materials to do upgrades. Um, the, I think maybe my, like all that stuff worked okay. Like similar to Laura, I think I probably got tired of the fishing after a while. Um, my, my big issue with it was that you, you're doing this all to be on sort of an upgrade treadmill, upgrade your boat to upgrade your boat. And mm -hmm. none of the upgrades felt that meaningful to me. Even some of the, like, like, you know, you're, 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 you, you do a lot of work, get a lot of scrap and a lot of money to upgrade your engine. And it looks very different, but it wasn't a massive increase in, in speed. Um, most of the upgrades that I got to, maybe, maybe the later game upgrades are more impactful, but most of the upgrades that I was able to get to upgraded my engine, I think at least twice. And I did a couple of upgrades to the, the fishing gear and all of it felt really incremental. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, for good reason, probably they don't want you to turn this thing into a speedboat that would cut hmm. down on a lot of the, uh, of the tension in the game. So I guess it's a little bit of a con, you know, the, uh, design problem there of like, how do you have impactful upgrades in a game where ultimately you're not supposed to feel more powerful than the, than the like, uh, creepy environmental threats that make this a horror game. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, by the end, my boat was pretty fast, but you were also like, I, I do think by the end, the game was also the least scary it was, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I do think that like, the, the first quarter of the game is the scariest. And that is when you are the slowest, because by the end you're pretty fast, but you're also traveling like much greater distances and you have all these different powers and things that make you even faster and more powerful. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. I, I do think they, they, that you start really slow because they probably know, like, you know, it's, there's it, only so long you're going to be afraid in this little boat. Well, I think that vulnerability was one of the things I really enjoyed about the beginning of the game and why I had more, problems in the mid game because I was powerful enough to mostly avoid risk unless I was consciously taking it. And I think the, the pacing of, um, I had trouble knowing where I was in the storyline at that point too. Like I didn't yeah. know how far I was, so I didn't have the anticipation. This was all this picked up as I mentioned, but there is a, a lull in the mid game for, for me, there was, uh, and that yeah. might just have been that I wasn't as, um, I wasn't moving towards some of the quests, the fetch quests that move mm -hmm. the plot forward. Yeah. I wasn't moving them forward at the pace I needed to. Mm -hmm. So, but that, um, in a game that's so much atmospheric, like you don't want to feel like I became aware of the mechanics in the mid game more than I like. Yeah. But yeah, the I want to talk was about really good at the beginning. I want to talk about the the atmosphere and how that all works here in a minute. Mm -hmm. Before we get to that, though, I think it's important to probably explain the sort of fetch quest of it all and the mm -hmm. broader thing that ties this all together. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the core gameplay loop we've already talked about almost no matter what you're going out, you're catching stuff and you're bringing it back to a dock. But what you're catching and why you're catching it will change. And that is because uh, Really quickly in the game, you are guided to uh, to this little island where this weird old man is there, and he asks you to collect five relics. And you know why you're getting those five relics? You don't really know. It's Such all masked. 
uh yeah it's all masked in you know eldritch horror but you need you you know you need to get these five relics it's like a music box um a ring a big key you know like classic i don't know this game is set in like the 1920s or 1930s mm-hmm. um, 1927 late i think is the only date i remember there's that's where the, the another thing the, the message in the bottles are set in yeah. that time you can't i can't quite I'm sure it says at some point the time in between those bottles and when you're playing, but yeah, that, that's a date you're given, and it's sometime after 1927. Sometime after 1927, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you're given that this this collector wants you to go and find these five lost relics for some purpose. And so, in order to find those five relics, you're given guidance to go to these five distinct areas on the map you have access to a full like world map right out of the gates and you can see that there are basically five groupings of islands all with some distance in between them and maybe little islands in between but for the most part it's like open ocean and five groups of islands and you are through the game you're guided to go to each of these sets of islands when you get there you inevitably meet whatever inhabitants there are of those islands and they have a series of quests for you that will ultimately either lead to them directly getting you the relic or you indirectly get the relic. And all of those quests are some version of go catch me these fish mm-hmm. and, or or go find me these items that have been lost and you need to dredge them. But it's the same mechanic, whether you're helping like two brothers who have lost connection, find an old ring or you're helping find my like family a, crest. It fell yeah, in the water. Find, yeah. Or you're helping like a researcher, like turn on an old laboratory or whatever. At the end of the day, it's all just, mm-hmm. you got to find these fish and you got to turn them into the quest giver and they'll move the story forward. And it's okay. It, it serves the purpose of getting you around the world and uh it and and it requiring you to engage in the core mechanic of the game but uh you know this is part of the game that i thought looks like it was a little it was a little lacking like i never it's it's ultimately like five totally distinct little worlds you're going into none of them are connected really you have no understanding like they don't know what you're trying to do they're not talking to anyone from any of the other islands it's just like tiny little fetch quests little fish fetch quests uh, <laughs> that you accomplish in order to move to the next world. And while I actually really enjoyed the environment of these different islands, which we'll talk about when we get to that, you know, talking about like the, the environment and the spookiness of it, the actual questing is like, I wish there was more because all it does is every quest either rewards you money or like research parts. And, but there's nothing really else. So everything you're doing, all of the side quests, all of it is just either money or research parts. And it kind of makes it like not super satisfying to engage in, in most of the side stuff. It's like reading an episodic sci-fi or fantasy series where every new book is like the main characters in China, the main characters in India. This yeah. time we're going to South America, but it's a different type of environment. And that like the novelty, like, some of the environments are quite beautiful and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. being there, but um the mechanic is going to hold firm. So again, like when you're like, oh man, I'm so tired of fishing. I'm going to further the plot by fishing. <laughs> it's always like, go and find me, you, you know, so it's some version of there are four fish types in this world that you can catch. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, some of them require daytime fishing. Some of them require nighttime fishing. Some of them require certain types of reels, although none of it is particularly complicated. It'll be like, this is a coastal fish that you catch during the day. Go find it. And you're like, okay, well, that's like, th- yeah, it's pretty limited. You, you, you ultimately, you ultimately do this like probably 40 times. And because this game is only, you know, nine hours or so, you can tell that like, None of these are particularly complicated, right? It's mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious generally where you're going to get the fish, and it's not too terribly difficult to go and, and get them. And I mean, it's also long- probably worth talking a little bit about what the quest givers are like and the, the story framing of these. You know, when you're going and visiting these people, like you guys can talk more about the, the later game ones, but ultimately, like these are these are characters are mostly pretty two dimensional. And I'm not just talking about the character portraits. You know, these are they're not they're not voiced. They are, you know, usually a single static image of a character. Um, and the characters have like a, you know, a single, you know, quirk about them, you know, like a, 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 a weird uh, mayor, a weird lighthouse keeper, a motherless child, a uh, you know, a, 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 a builder who seems to want to build something in the middle of nowhere for no apparent reason, uh, the collector, people like that. They have like, they have their sort of like one dimensional little character thing. Um, and they all kind of seem like they're part of this world, but like, I don't know what, how you describe this, this sort of world vibe where like everyone is like, everyone is like a little bit insane and living in their own head and not really connected with anybody else is the kind of world vibe I get from most of the NPCs. I think it's going for that eldritch horror thing where like even the most sane uh, person in this world has, has some sort of twisted thing going on in their life. There's something Mm -hmm. eating away at their sanity and, and everybody is, is like one day away from just filling their rocks with uh, filling their pockets with rocks and just walking into the ocean, you know, Mm. really uh, doesn't make you want to take a beach vacation for sure. (laughs) No, it's, it's not, it's like, there are not very many happy people in this world. The, the traveling merchant who is, I thought was funny. There's like the same, there's like a pontoon uh, dock that is at all of them. It's this exact same person, which I can't tell is just for uh, like convenience sake or if it's for like, is it like part of the dark story that somehow this person's everywhere? If it's the latter, they don't really lean into it at all. It's just really strange that they're, they're they just everywhere. have a faster boat than you and they get, they but get it's a big ass, it's a do. big ass dock. They're not faster <laughs> mm-hmm. than you. You know what I mean? They're just there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's never presented as weird, but it just stood out to me. I'm like, how is this happening? You know? Um, and so that like, that's the, this is super simplification of it, but that's the game. You're going from like pocket of islands, completing some weird fish quest, uh, to, in order to get to the next pocket of islands in order to do some more weird fish quests. I did knock fishing a little, but I didn't mention, I almost always enjoyed the description of the fish. That's well, true. so that is where I think, like, while I didn't super connect with the eldritch the people, horror, man, yeah, that, the that, fish, the peop- excellent. Some <laughs> of the things that this game does from a mood and tone setting is really good. So, what you're talking about was one of my favorite things is that while you're fishing, uh, periodically and pretty frequently, you can catch what's called an aberration. Yeah. And this is what I think they do when the Eldritch stuff like does work for me. 
you know, you'll be catching like a mackerel and, it, and all of a sudden you'll catch like a mini eyed mackerel. And the little image is like this fish covered in eyeballs or like, uh, like lacerated cod. And it's just like a horribly misfigured split up cod. And there, and there's like a hundred of these different aberrations and, and they look weird and their descriptions are great. Like it's, that's arguably the best part of the game. Yeah, I agree. That was really, it was fun to catch the weird fish, you know, weird fish are good. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about like the, the overall like angle of horror that this thing has? Cause this is like, it feels to me like the sort of modern post Lovecraft attempt at, um, at, at cosmic horror or sort of like the, like the post Lovecraft Lovecraft, you know, the, the mm-hmm. like, um, like I, I, just a little bit of background for me. Like I, I used to count myself as a major fan of this style. The um, I was, you know, I, I read a lot of Lovecraft when I was younger. Um, I enjoyed the Call of Cthulhu role playing game when I was younger. Um, and you know, I've done a lot of, I've read a lot of things in this kind of world, the sort of like nineteen twenties, uh, you know, electric lights and tentacles, uh, <laughs> kind of vibe, right? Yeah. Um, and. Uh, like, so I've, I've also done a lot of thinking about this style and this game kind of crystallized something for me that I think has been kind of brewing in my mind for a while, which is that, and I, this is not to, not to say that you're wrong if you like this, but like for me, I think this style has kind of run its course, um, the style of horror. Um, yeah. and I was thinking about it a lot because like, I think, you know, this game is part of a sort of current wave of this style of cosmic horror that has had to had to reckon with its inspirations. You know, H.P. Lovecraft was a racist. A lot of the the books that he wrote contain pretty blatant racism. If you treat it as like the the golden original texts of your favorite genre of writing, then you're going to have to reckon with that, right? Um, and I've had that reckoning, and I'm I'm over H.P. Lovecraft for the most part. And but there, you know, there was a, a I still I still had a lot of like a, a hangover of sort of affection for the genre. Um, that has been running out of gas. And mm-hmm. a, part, a lot of it is that, like, I think a lot of the current approaches, this game included, to to cosmic horror uh, as a concept. And, you know, when I, when I say cosmic horror, I'm talking about, like, H.P. Lovecraft um, kind of pioneered a style of horror when he was writing in the 20s uh, that was about, um, you know, human beings facing... Uh, horrifying things that were literally beyond their ability to comprehend, and and what was really unique about his writing was that you know he had uh, main characters who mental whose mental state would deteriorate throughout the story as they were unable to sort of correlate the like bizarre uh, you know otherworldly things that they were seeing or experiencing with you know with their mental model of how the universe works. People facing the facing the beyond and losing their shit as part of it, um, and. But unfortunately, through like decades and decades of people being inspired by this kind of writing and this kind of concept, that kind of horror has ultimately, in a lot of cases, boiled down to cosmic horror equals there is a tentacle here, or cosmic mm-hmm. horror equals there are fish people. Um, you know, the trappings of some of H.P. Love, not, a minority of H.P. Lovecraft's writing, um, and not even the stuff that I think is worth preserving. Um, so for me, like, I was just like, this is, this, this kind of horror is out of gas for me. I don't know well, if you guys have other feelings about it. Side, I will say that, um, the, I did not read the book Lovecraft Country, but I 
watched the TV series, which is what if <sighs> Lovecraft you, yeah. monsters okay. were in we're attacking black people in a racist town like what if what if yeah. the cosmic horror was racism and it's it's like what if we just took racism and added lovecraft monsters to the racism so like the mental state degradation of slavery and um it's, it's set in the 50s but like what if racism was cosmic horror so it's just like yeah. it's that's the I, kind of I twist agree. i there like is, there's great there's stuff, cool like stuff to there. do with it but the base just taking it and flavoring tired like we do know there's a lot of folks playing in this space who are doing really cool stuff in it, but like yeah. just taking it as like vibe. Yeah. Not well, as it, interesting. It's like any yeah. highly stylized um, effort. Like it, it, it usually has a big moment and then gets played out. And the only stuff that stick continues to stick are things that take truly unique approaches to it. Like cyberpunk, uh, steampunk, totally. zombie I th- stuff. I thought about like, steampunk in particular. Oh, you yeah, know, it, uh, it's an aesthetic. All of this a... stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and we're pretty tired of most of that. But every once in a while, something comes from in that genre that you're like, this is a new look on it, and this is a new twist on it. And I don't really think that Dredge does that. It is not a new lens on like a on a uh, on this like lovecraftian world yeah. and you know like you look at their press kit they don't say lovecraft anywhere in no. it. like right. they're they're clearly like they they understand the problematic you know history mm-hmm. of the of the genre that they're like tootling their boat around but like they tootling. I'm sorry i'm just stealing that no no tootling is so good um, i'm just i'm just enjoying it but um like yeah, it's it, like it, i don't know it just it does it they don't it feels like they don't have anything new to hang that on or hang I'm not yeah. sure the right the right thing to say. Well, here, but so let's talk about how you actually see it in this game because yeah. so far we've almost exclusively been talking about mechanics and gameplay, mm-hmm. and um, we haven't and really vibes. talked about the horror <laughs> part. Yeah, about the vibes, and in a lot of ways I liked it, but also in a lot of ways I ended up barely interacting with it. So the the core mechanic that 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 like creates the horrible the 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 the, the fear of this game is that you have a panic meter and to be completely honest i still i i played all of this game and i still don't fully understand how the panic meter works so i think there's a little bit of a failing in the game or at least my own ability to understand it but basically when you're out at night you start to panic and you have this meter that increases and as your panic meter increases your connection with reality starts to reduce and you can fix your panic meter by being in bright lights, sleeping or being in daytime. And so really early on in the game, when I didn't really know what that meant, it was legitimately scary to be out at night. Your, your panic meter starts going up. You start seeing stuff swirling around the boat or uh, there's other, you know, you'll see, like ships in the distance that aren't there. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different thing ways that this presents itself. And, but ultimately once you get back to a dock, you, you're able to rest and it all goes away. Um, there was a moment that like this did really click for me that I really liked, um, later in the game, there's this like sort of mangrove area, really small islands with a lot of trees and vines and stuff. And my panic meter was really, really high. And I was trying to get back to the dock. And vines were coming out of the water and blocking my exit. 
So I ended up having to take this really circuitous route to get back to the dock, navigating really narrow spaces. Um, your boat does have health and you can sink and die and you have to load from your last save, uh, which can be lost progress. And so like these vines coming out of the water, outstretching themselves and, and blocking exits, like that felt like a real moment of panic and a real like sort of existential terror. Um, but for the most part, it was like, it's night. So I go back into the bay and I'm fine, you know? So I loved the panic meter, not because I love panicking or stress, but because it's an <laughs> eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. It's it looks a big so eyeball. Cool. Uh, it's closed. It opens. It jitters around. Like it, that is to me the kind of UI touch I like in a game. Like, oh, do yeah. something weird with your panic meter, please. Don't just make it a glowing stress ball. Also, like, strange things happen to your screen. Like, all the visual things around the panic meter made me very happy, which was a funny reaction to have to being at terrible risk of losing my sanity. But, like, yeah. I was just delighted by the panic meter. And it almost, again, in the, the ooh, this is so cool. Oh, no, I'm supposed to be scared. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. It was good UI. I have a question for you guys because this never happened to me. Like I, you know, occasionally my character would be, I guess, freaking out or, you know, I'd have my panic meter pretty high. Um, but usually, I don't think I ever like, like lost or had to restart due to it. I, it was always just like, you know, there's more risk of uh, knocking into an unseen rock that comes out of nowhere or things like that. Was, was Is this something where like, like, you don't no. game over just from the panic meter, right? I don't believe so because by the end of the game, I... It, almost as an experiment too, just to see. I stayed awake for multiple days. Oh while no, fishing. Nate! <laughs> and honestly, it's it's part of the. This is part of the thing that left me a little wanting of this game was that I was kind of hoping shit would just totally pop off. You know, like I. The, it's the big fear of this game is your pan. If your panic meter is high, you need to get to sleep. That's everybody. If you if you've been awake for a long time, you go into a dock, whatever NPC you talk to is gonna be like, oh, hey, buddy, like you're looking a little rough, like it's built into the game for them to imply for you to go to bed. But like. For the most part, especially later in the game, when you are you have there's magic powers and stuff, too, which, you know, we can talk about or not, but like you end up being pretty strong and like, yeah, sometimes things are bumping into you, but I don't know. I was able to avoid most of it once I, once I understood what was happening and even at full panic for multiple days, I was like, ah, I'm just going to keep fishing. That's I fine. also yeah. thought weird consequences were going to happen if I didn't deal with the infections in my fish, uh, cargo. If I let yeah. infections run their course. I thought something really cool was going to happen. And I just ended up with a bunch of, Terrible a bunch fish. of rotted fish. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. one of the consequences of being out at night with a high panic meter is that something slithers its way into your dock and it spoils all your, or into your boat and it spoils all your fish, which is a cool touch. Like it's a good risk mm -hmm. from the gameplay. Like I could lose a day's worth of fish if I don't like deal with this. But, um, you know, you do get to a point, as Laura was saying before, like there are alternative methods to acquiring fish uh the crab pots and the trawl net which basically act as like a passive fish income mm -hmm. uh made it where i was mostly fishing for uh purpose like i need 
this shark. So I'm going to go find this shark. And I was making money through the, uh, like just through the, the passive fishing, the trawl nets and the, uh, and the, and the crab pots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like the, the overall design of these, um, islands, the, like the way the world looks and the perceived fear of the, of like the night and the panic meter is where I do think this game is really good. It just doesn't go very deep. You know what I mean? Like that's what I was saying. This game is like a mile wide and an inch deep because there's, I wish there was more. I wish it went like totally insane. If you actually stayed up like super late. Yeah. The proportions of the game were not what I expected them to be. I, it's a lot more cozy fishing game. Then, then <laughs> cozy is not well. The word I cozy would use, is yeah. a question, <laughs> but like you know, a fishing game with a repeatable mechanic, then, mm-hmm. um, yeah. then like real strange stuff happening. Um, yeah, I think with a different coat of paint, this could be a cozy game. <laughs> well, it, it has 100%. a it, yeah, it has a passive mode where the um, you know, you can basically turn off all the spooky and just go and mm. fish. It's in the settings, and Funny. yeah, it does make me think like. I'm wondering, you know, do they like do, do these developers because there's a lot of awesome stuff in this game. And so I'm wondering like what do you take from this game for like a dredge 2? Is it the spooky scaries? Is it like dredge 2 is leans even more into the Cthulhu and nightmare element of it? Or do you say we kind of have a pretty good core fishing game here. Let's take that and put a whole new coat of paint on it and make just like a total. Agatha, Agatha Christie's Seaside Mysteries, where you go find <laughs> yeah, evidence yeah. to solve little cozy murders at a nice Art Deco hotel. <laughs> like, yeah. Who killed the my thing? Fish? Is it could work? Like <laughs> it it's the work. same mechanic works for yeah. both. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing I really liked about this game, which I do think added to the the overall atmosphere. And even though I said I did try to engage in, in things like podcasts during this game, I did want to call out that I think the sound design is really good. And the music is really good. Every, all the sounds of the fishing sound really, really nice. And, and, and the sounds of the ocean and just like the atmosphere of being out on the boat. Um, there's some really cool stuff with, with how they, they make it a little surreal at different times. You have a foghorn on your boat that uh, you can you can blast and it can echo. And if you're if you if it, if you're panicked enough, like what happens after you? Uh, uh, foghorn can be really strange, and there's just like lots of little good details in the sound design, and and the music is really nice too. So um, you know, I think like this game is a, is a full game. You know, you know what I mean? Like we cover a lot of games here that like. Really, they prioritize one aspect of it and maybe let something else slide. While we don't necessarily love everything about this game, like, like it's an impressive, I think, an impressively put together full indie game that I'm not surprised is getting so much press and attention because this is like a really complete game. Just whether it sticks for you or not is going to be really dependent on a couple of things, namely whether you like the fishing and mm-hmm. or if you like the um, like the tone of it all. 
So I think that's about all the time we have. We are going to do a spoiler break on this one because there's some weird and creepy surprises uh, in the latter part of this game. Stuff that I am not spoiled on. So Laura and, uh, and Nate will be telling me about what all I missed out on. Uh, so if you're interested in that, stick around after the outro for our spoiler break. But if you're hopping off here and you don't want those spoilers, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, you can find our show on the internet at shortgame.fm which is where you'll find all the links and buttons to all of the things, including a link to our Patreon. Thank you so much to our patrons. We really appreciate your support. Uh, and we've uh, we've actually just recently restructured our Patreon just a little. So uh, at anyone who supports our show at the $3 a month or higher level, uh, that is all of our patrons. We've recently eliminated our $1 tier. Thank you to all of our patrons who are at that tier. By the way, if you're first hearing about it here, um, the $1 tier has gone away for new patrons. If you're already at that tier, nothing about your account or, or, or patronage or whatever you will be disrupted. If you do feel like jumping up to a higher tier, we certainly will uh, you know appreciate you. But if you are already on our $1 tier that we've had since, I don't know, five years ago or when we restarted the Patreon, that's not going away. Thank you very much for your support. We really appreciate you. But for new patrons, uh, for $3 a month, you can get access to our Discord, which is the community where we talk about the show. Uh, we plan episodes there. We talk about the games that we're playing. We talk about games that we're playing that are not short games. For example, we've been talking a lot about Baldur's Gate 3 <laughs> over the last little while. Mm -hmm. I've been spending too much which time I on that Which I have started. One. Oh, Ooh. man, I have a lot to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you and hey, listeners, if you want to come talk to us about Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> I'd love to talk about that right now, too. Um, I'm smelling and, a Patreon uh, episode on uh, Baldur's mm, Gate 3. I'm, I'm smelling a Patreon's only it. episode <laughs> about Baldur's Gate 3 as well. Uh, that's definitely <laughs> brewing. Um, Nate, when you get a little farther, let's chat. We'll record it for the yeah. patrons. Um, yeah. So uh, that's that's a thing. Uh, you can also find all of our other links on shortgame.fm, links to our Mastodon profile, links to our profiles on other social media. Um, everything is there on shortgame.fm. Uh, you can find me on the internet as well. Um, you know, this this section of the show has started getting so complicated with various different social media handles uh, that I'm just going to start giving you my, my website, which is reagan.me. And you can find links to my Mastodon and everything else from there. So go to reagan.me in your web browser and you'll find all of my links. Uh, Nate, where can people find you? Uh, quickly looking at your website. I didn't know you had. This is nice. This is nice, Reagan. <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you. I just did that through omg.lol. If you yeah. ever want to set yourself up a little one-page website, um, it's a nice alternative to the like link trees and such of the world. So yeah. I guess that'll be my shout out. Uh, omg.lol is a great little like uh, way to put something very basic on the internet. I use that for both shortgame.fm and reagan.me. Um, I've had that up for a while now. I wonder if um, anyone has nate.me. I don't probably think get so. Something like it. Hey, all right. Well, yeah. in some <laughs> distant future when I sit down to do this, maybe I'll do nate.me. But for now, you can find my links on shortgame.fm. I don't know where my digital life is going to be now. I, You know, it's this is a tired conversation itself in and of itself, but... It is. Uh, we're we're in the we're in the post ability to find people on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Nate STL now. is my handle on everything. So if you're on a thing and you want to see if I'm on there, look for Nate STL. And, and uh, Laura, where can people yeah. find you? Uh, same thing with Nate. Uh, all my stuff is linked on the on not the short game on just shortgame.fm. I'm also on Blue Sky where I posted absolutely nothing, but I am enjoying 
Um, seems like a lot of my uh, game related shit posters have migrated to Blue Sky. So I'm like, oh, they're back. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Yeah, I signed um, up over there as well. I, I'm not super enthusiastic about being on yet another like social media owned by Jack Dorsey or. No, know, I'm just lurking but, there, but it seems yeah. like some of the, the, the people posting a lot of silly memes are back on there. So we'll see. I don't know where I'll end up, but you. I'm not posting anywhere, but you can find me everywhere. Laura Jane. Yeah. Silly memes are Sorry. back on the menu. Thank God. <laughs> and thanks once again for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. And here it is, your spoiler break. So Reagan. Do you like a Cthulhu and spooky uh, spoiler break? <laughs> so so reagan you know that guy you thought was leaning in the doorway the collector yeah it's not a doorway it's a mirror it's a mirror oh, you're the collector oh. you're the collector you're baby the collector. Oh, that's, spooky. that's the biggest spoiler <laughs> that's yeah so there the, there's really not a lot of spoilers but i did want to talk about the ending because there are a couple things that i like and a couple things that i was like all right so first of all one thing I really like about this game is you is you spend you know the whole time doing all these little fish fetch fish fetch quests that we talk about, and you do eventually get to the point where you get a classic thing in video games today, where it says you have now approached, you're now at the end. It, everything after this isn't saved, so only cross this line when you're ready. Right? This game has a ton of side quests and stuff. All of them not really worth it. Um, I did a ton of them, but uh, so I waited for quite a while before crossing that threshold. And then once you do, the end of the game is almost is like a minute away. Uh, and so depending on only a few decisions that you made throughout the through the main story, you will do one of two things. You will either take all all of the relics, get on the boat, go out to a specific spot in the sea and throw them all into the water and you your dead wife will come out of the water and a giant like Cthulian monster destroys uh, Greater Marrow. And probably and, the world. <laughs> and probably the world. It implies that you've unleashed, you know, a horror into, into the world. And uh, I, I mean, it's a pretty good, like, you know, uh, like Cthulian ending. You, <laughs> Cthulian. <laughs> Cthulian. Cthulian. I don't know if there's, I don't know what the proper pronunciation of, it, yeah. of that is, but it's not Cahoolian. I love it. I think it's Cahoolian. I'm just a Cahooligan. Um, yeah, so. What's that owl movie, Guardians of Cahool? <laughs> Cahoolian. It's fine. You know, I, I like, I don't know. There's like nothing in the game that's really leading you up. You, you know, you're doing something to, to probably bring back a former loved one. I, I don't know. Laura, did you connect like, at yeah. all the the broader story. So I I knew that I did not play as much of the side quests as you did. So I was like, I will know what the story is. That's my job on this podcast. Yeah. So um, lots of messages in the bottle. Your wife. Um, you are you were the fisherman in the town before the deadbeat they complain about. You were that mm -hmm. person. Um, you married. Uh, a woman named Julie and you loved her so much you named her boat after her and you did a ritual to rename your boat and part of the ritual is you get rid of everything that has the old name of the boat on it and Julie's like 
I liked the old name of the boat, so I kept a keychain or a pocket watch or something. Like she kept something with the old name of the boat on it. Mm, big mistake. So then cursed, right? Boat's cursed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Julie Julie did a bad boat cursed. Um, mm. um, and she really wants to join you in treasure hunting on the boat because she thinks it's cool. And you're like, no, don't do that because you're superstitious that something's something's wrong when she's on the boat. You don't know she Women has- Women on a boat, always cursed. Yeah, you don't know she has the old name on a keychain. This is all through letters from Julie found. And then you find this letter that's like, we raised a casket. And then he turned to me and I saw the void and end. Um, Turns out that that's a letter written after she's dead because of this game. Letters can happen after you're dead. And um, so you are, you find the book that that's part of this, like the death of your wife happens when you find the book and then you're doing a ritual to bring her back. And the whole game, there's a big fish, a big, big fish, a Leviathan, mm-hmm. <laughs> the official name. <laughs> Big fish, very minimizing, um, trying to stop you from doing the ritual you're on. So that fish that you see mm-hmm. is a leviathan. Um, that's about it. Like mostly it's piecing together the, the story of your wife who died tragically because she thought treasure hunting was cool. You raised something from the deep. And then when the the game starts, you've like lost your memories or had them taken away and that's like you don't remember anything from your life and, and no one in the time recognizes you except the the weird old woman yeah there so yeah i didn't understand I, that I, part but like i didn't fully connect and this is just where i you know I'm, but you I'm, are the I'm, old fisherman in the he, town and the boat and, was your boat right i got that i didn't really fully recognize that 100 percent of the messages in the bottle that you find are exactly written by your dead wife like most I, of them are I there might be, exp- there's others like artifact manifest and whatnot, but like okay. most of them are yeah. wife stuff. Um, and I also didn't get the book until I realized that I'd gotten like one version of the ending and there was something like, it's pretty obvious that there's another way you can end the game. Mm. And so uh, the way that my first ending was, is that, you well there, there's two endings you either do the ritual and everybody dies but your wife comes back or you uh reject the collector and you go and you throw the book into the water and your boat gets eaten by the big by the big fish by and the big fish and it's and you've you've obviously like sacrificed yourself to get rid of like to end this cycle right but you're with your wife now i guess yeah mm-hmm. And I did uh, like that both of these are done. Like I, I didn't have the book and then I did the one where you turn them all in and then it starts you right back there. And I was like, Oh, I guess there's another ending. And I did like two mm. more conversations to get the book and then went and did that one too. And I did like that. I li- like, I like that as like a quality of life thing that like mm-hmm. I could see both endings within like about 10 minutes of total gameplay and just be like, all right, this game is done. I've, I've done everything. I ended up going and looking up a bunch of the side quests that I didn't do. And they all are give fish to a thing in order to get <laughs> money. And I was just like, oh, man, I don't really want to do that anymore. So I didn't, 
they didn't keep doing them but there's like a lot it implies there's way more there's like this crazy lighthouse that you can if you find all these tablets and fuse the tablets you can turn on the lighthouse and i thought that that might have some crazy impact and it's like you get money and a and a and more stuff for your boat. Yeah, you know, I was looking like no- around to see if more side quests gave me more story about my wife and I don't I think it was just I the don't bottles. Think so. I think it's yeah, just the I bottles. So it's all I, just more fish for more money and more stuff for your boat. You know it's all just more fish. It's a pretty yeah, mean that, story overall. Like is. for the, the 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 amount of story is akin to what like we normally play games that are a little overstuffed with stories, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this, like this amount of story would be like a four to five hour game, and it's a, it's like a little 12. bit sprinkled out. Yeah, yeah, and and that's where I do wish, like, I wish that I cared about all the little. Uh, I wish there was something that compelled me more at each of these little islands besides mm-hmm. just yeah. wanting to play the game, you know? Because I did enjoy and, it. So, can I tell but, you this well, is the one thing that I thought was like the best thing I saw in this entire game? was and i assume you guys probably ran into this too i don't know um where you see a little boat about the size of yours tootling around in the water and if you get close to it um you get your whole boat gets eaten by a gigantic angler fish where the little boat is actually its little light dangling down on its little little, i did not have that happen to me so good i I haven't heard heard of of that did you see the laura you might have ran ran into these though there were uh shipwrecks that were actually giant crab monsters yeah i really liked those i don't know if you ever saw one of those reagan but you'd you'd pull up next to it because you think you're going to be able to dredge it and it's like and giant claws come out you know nice that was a good one yeah, yeah that stuff's great like i i i think i, I would have liked this more if there was a lot more monsters in it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. maybe you know maybe that's for dredge too i guess um well which i uh, think will be great honestly yeah i mean i honestly yeah i kind of think this this is a game that probably you know i don't know if it will get a sequel i don't know if they'll make like you know the the like golf version of this like i don't know what they'll do next but like it's you know it, I, I think there's a lot a lot to this it clearly hit a, a nerve with folks i think a lot of folks played this a lot of folks liked it um i might be the odd man out you know and again it might just be because like i've kind of like like run out of gas on this on this style of horror or something i don't know it might be me um but uh yeah i'm glad that we played it and i'm, I'm glad yeah. that it's clearly worked for a lot of folks including folks in our community so um yeah, check and it I mean, obviously, I I played all the way through it, and I really yeah. wanted to, and I had a good time with it. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, there was enough in there that I wish was different. That it, it that's kind of my takeaway from it. But overall, I'm really glad we played it. I'm glad we covered it. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll leave it here. Again, listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Short Game. See you next week. <laughs>